Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia, and joining me, we have returning guest Dan. Hi, Dan. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure. I love doing these things. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, so I'm really excited. I want to dive right into the movie that we are recasting today because you selected the 1992 film Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you pick that? Okay, so the performances are like legendarily bad uh, of uh, Keanu Reeves specifically. And so, but also like I watched it in a university course I took on like movie making or whatever. We watched this movie as an example of like, uh, I don't know, if a good movie, but like as definitely as a movie, like with lots of stuff in it that you can pick apart and talk about, like uh, yeah. motifs and, you know, imagery and stuff. Okay. That and so, sense. yeah. And so I was just like, yeah, I wonder, I and honestly, this podcast, the concept of it and everything, like, I just honestly really, really feel that this movie of all movies would be so different with different performances. It could be completely, have a different, completely different feel. Yeah, yeah, so. I agree. I remember when this movie came out, because, so my older sister was actually studying Dracula in English class when this came out. Oh, okay. And so I just remember like her talking about it a lot. And I didn't watch it then because I would have been 11, 12 years old. Definitely too young to watch this movie. <laughs> I was the same age at that point, And right. um, I also didn't watch it. Yes. But I, I feel like I might have seen it. I honestly don't know. Because I had logged it on Letterboxd. But... I was scared by it. I know. Like, I was scared by the fact that it existed. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, like, I was like, oh, my God, that's a horror movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I just watched it the other day. And I feel it felt like it was the first time I was watching it, for sure. And then I ended up studying Dracula in high school English as well. And what I remember about this movie is people talking about how faithful an adaptation it was. Yeah. But it's not. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I feel like plot wise, it is very faithful. But like, it adds so much like yeah. this is like the movie is not about plot. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? Like there's so much <laughs> about it. That's yeah, it's, it's there's a this movie's a lot. And so <laughs> yeah, it really is. Francis Ford Coppola really like put a, himself into it, it, like threw himself into it, I should say, because so Dracula's wives are half naked for some reason. Yeah. That's yeah. not in the book. Yeah, exactly. Like the, that felt excessive. <laughs> the imagery, which is like really what the movie brings in addition to the book. It's yeah. like, that's how you, what was going on in your brain when you read this book, huh? Yeah. Really? That, that wasn't. That wasn't what I was thinking, but I guess <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, like, my main qualm with the movie is that, and like, it's not even that it's a bad thing, it's just that it's so different, is the very end, they have Mina cut off Dracula's head. Mm, and I think that is the one big difference, right, from the that's book? That's one of the biggest ones, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Also, Mina seems, and I don't, I think Winona Actress is a, Winona Ryder is a good actress, mm -hmm. so I don't know if it's her fault but like in the book i just remember it being very clear that like mina is giving herself to dracula because she is under a spell or whatever mm -hmm. like it's not that she wants to necessarily that's how the book right presents right right and it's that very subtle difference right between this story and this book so um 
Yeah, but she, I don't know, Winona Ryder seemed super into it. <laughs> super into it. I yeah. have, like, like, there's a lot of interesting stuff that you kind of said about that <laughs> that could be have been so improved by a different actress, I think. Yes. Um, so, but- yeah, because, yeah, when you first suggested it, you specifically mentioned recasting Keanu Reeves, which, look, I'm sorry, I know Keanu Reeves is a great person. I like him as a person. Yeah, stories about him are cool. I don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> he has, has he never has been. A very small range. And that, so that works like, great. Exactly. In, in things like <laughs> The Matrix or John Wick, I think, yeah. I can't remember, in one of those, he doesn't speak more than about 80 words and he's the lead character. I, I think in both of them. Probably. I mean, like, those movies yeah. are his range. Those are yeah. the, those are the far ends of his range and they're almost the same movie. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, he can go from one to the other and there, that's it for him. Yeah, and like, I'm sorry, trying to do a British accent was oh really my God. bugging me. Oh my God. <laughs> but while watching... Winona Ryder looks like she's 12 in the beginning. I could not believe mm. how young she looked. And so and that's, that's kind of part was of that young, I think, at that point. She's she was young. really young. She was 21. Yeah. Which is so young. And also she was doing a British accent, which I didn't love. Oh, hers was horrible too. Yeah. And like, so horrible. I asked us to also recast her just because even yeah. though I think she's a good actor, I think she was poorly cast here. Yeah. No, no shade on either of them, to be honest. Right. I like both of them and they both, you know, have made good stuff. Yes. It, but this movie was a huge fail for both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, just terrible performances from both. Yeah. And I think it made it a mediocre movie, and it could have been a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been, like, I think it's always going to be, like, uh, it's got to be your taste to like sure. this movie. Yeah. But, like, even if this movie was your taste, I don't think you would have loved it because they dive-bombed it. I think so, too. One thing that I did think was super cute that I want to mention was Keanu Reeves plays Jonathan and Winona Ryder plays Mina. And their wedding was shot at a Greek Orthodox church. And they filmed the entire ceremony with a genuine Romanian Orthodox minister. Which means that they are married. Right. <laughs> Not legally, but in the church. Yeah. Uh, and so Keanu Reeves has said that he often gets text messages from Winona Ryder that start, hello, husband. Yeah, fair <laughs> which enough. Which is cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm glad they had this movie to do together, yeah. you know, because uh, they seem to genuinely like each other. Mm. And honestly, I think Winona Ryder could have used a friend like Keanu Reeves in her life. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Um, okay, well, this movie had a budget of $40 million. In 1992, I should have done the conversion for, like, what that would be in today's dollars, but, like, that's pretty big. And I do remember this being yeah. a really big movie, lots of media around it. This is um, after The Godfather and maybe even The Godfather Part Two. so, like, Francis Ford Coppola could do anything he wanted at that point. Sure, yeah. And so it made $215.9 million worldwide. Yeah, it was a... It's, it's kind it of surprising when you watch it and you go... This was a hit. Yeah, because it's very, very stylistic. Oh, so much so. <laughs> yeah, style over substance, right? Like, oh, yeah. Very much. But also, I do feel like the 90s was when you had a lot of erotic thrillers and like that kind of thing. It just, it feels like it is of that time. And it yeah. would be, if somebody was making it today, it would probably look very different. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, and honestly, it does. Because, I mean, like, Dracula gets remade like every year or two. Yeah. yeah. Like literally <laughs> like you, you look up like the Dracula movies and you're like, uh, I was, I was just searching for stuff about Dracula. And then I saw the list of all the Draculas and it's, it, there was at least 30 movies. Oh my gosh. Really? Then, yeah. Each year. 
Because wow. <laughs> okay. it, it, it's um it's a public domain story. Right. And it's super, super famous. So yeah. just like Robin Hood, anybody who wants to make a Dra- Dracula movie can make a Dracula movie. Mm-hmm. And and it public knows it. So it's like literally IP that nobody yeah. owns. Yeah, I recently saw a movie called Dracula Two Thousand. Oh, I like that Butler. one. I like that one. I think <laughs> um, that's the one I like. Yeah, I didn't know it existed. Yeah. And I watched it just recently. <laughs> no, it, what's and there's that one years old. A Dracula movie with uh shoot, I can't remember his name. He's the um this is the this is not good, but I can't remember the actor's name, but there's a Dracula movie with this British actor who's kind of an cool, suave guy. I don't know if okay. you can no. You I uh, I'll think of it maybe later or I won't. Okay. But there's a there's a really good one. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. So why don't you give us a synopsis of the movie? Oh, okay. So if you've read the book Dracula, in terms of synopsis, it's very, very similar with the one exception of that ending, which is like a slight difference. But basically, this guy, a lawyer guy, heads to Transylvania to do a uh, transaction and then he comes back and ends up in an insane asylum. And so the law firm has to send Keanu Reeves' character to Transylvania to finish the job of doing this legal work for this old count so-and-so, which turns out to be Dracula. (laughs) And uh, the legal work is securing some um, land and like different estates in the London area. Anyway, so Keanu Reeves goes there and meets with him and does a bunch of legal work and assistance. And he basically manipulates him to stay there. And not only that, but he manipulates him to write letters to let everybody know he's okay and that he's staying. And he gets them to write them in advance. And then Dracula takes them. And Keanu Reeves is basically his prisoner at that point. Then that gets sent back to England and Keanu Reeves' fiance thinks he's fine. And then we focus on her. She's Winona Ryder. And she has a best friend. And while Keanu Reeves is locked up in Dracula's castle, being uh, tortured <laughs> by his wives. <laughs> yeah. uh, I say torture because it it's, it's a highly sexualized torture. So <laughs> I don't know if he's miserable or what. But anyway, they drain him of his blood nightly. And he has a very hard time escaping. But That uh, sounds pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't look like it. I know, yeah. <laughs> In this movie, yeah, it's hard to tell. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so Mina Harker, who is the fiancé, has a best friend, Lucy. And Lucy has three men that she's stringing along. One of them is apparently her fiancé, and two of them are deeply in love with her. And she has this, basically, they're her entourage. <laughs> and Mina's amazed with Lucy's openness sexually. Mm. And anyway, so, but that's kind of veering off into the off the synopsis then dracula during this time is taking his voyage on a ship called the demeter to london and he arrives there while mina is staying with his friend lucy Mm -hmm. anyway so uh, lucy starts getting ill and then nobody knows why one of these suitors for lucy is a doctor and he calls in his old professor medical professor who turns out to be the famous van helsing who is the Dracula hunter and has movies made about him. <laughs> and Van Helsing comes and looks at Lucy. And then he realizes that it's Nosferatu and everybody thinks he's a little bit crazy. And basically Mina is just watching all this take place. But as it turns out, as 
Dracula is slowly night by night visiting Lucy and turning her into a vampire, the suitors and Van Helsing start, he starts to convince the suitors that she is becoming a vampire and they all start to believe it. And, and then she does turn into a vampire, but Dracula also realizes that Lucy is like a spitting image of the woman that he was married to. Mina. Mina, Mina, sorry, Lena and Lucy, I get them always mixed up. But yeah, Yeah. Mina is, so he falls in love with Mina. Mm -hmm. And then after Lucy dies, the suitors who were in love with her, she dies, comes back to life, and they viciously murder her. Then (laughs) Dracula starts doing the same thing to Mina, but maybe not in the, not in, in sort of like a prey kind of way, more in like an I'm in love with you kind of way. Yeah. Then at that point, that's when uh, Jonathan he escapes. He actually writes to Mina to meet him in Transylvania or right. wherever they are. She goes there. They get married yeah. by like this ancient priest or whatever, which is the marriage story you were talking about. Then they both come back mm-hmm. and Dracula is pay-o'd <laughs> uh, because he's basically he's can't like seduce Mina anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then Dracula gets angry and then puts Mina under his spell And then they try and kill him in Carfax Abbey, which is his estate in London. And they being the three suitors, Van Helsing and Jonathan, and sort of Mina's kind of along for the ride. So they destroy his house and take away his native land that he brought on the ship with him, where he needs to sleep in his own soil. And so he has to escape home back to Transylvania. He ends up going on a ship back to Transylvania, which he can control the wind. So the ship flows back and they take a train and there's this huge chase scene all across, which is like the super extended kind of like Indiana Jones style, <laughs> like the airplane and the map and all this superimposed, oh, yes. yeah. but like with this weird Victorian twist. <laughs> anyway, so like they're having this chase and they finally, the chase is basically the entire end of the movie yeah. and they finally get back to his castle. And there's the big final ending where he gets decapitated by, well, in this story, it's it's Mina. Yeah. I mean, I kind of do like that she is the one to... Yeah. It's not a bad thing that it's Mina who ends up being the killer. It just seems weird that like everybody had talked about how faithful an adaptation this was. And I feel like that's a pretty big difference. Well, it is. And, and honestly, like I have a... Like this movie you can read into... Like this is a film. The reason I studied it in this film theory class is I think really clear if you watch it, because this movie is just dripping with symbolism and ideas and and like it can be parsed for any sort of intended meaning Mm -hmm. because it's very artsy. It's like an art school (laughs) film, but with a Hollywood budget, it's ridiculous. It feels like are they even on sets or is there like, are they just standing in like a half built set right now? Right. Or, you know, but well, yeah, that's a good point. Cause it is very much like an art house movie. Oh yeah. So yeah. it is surprising that it did as well as it did. It blows me away to look at it <laughs> and think this was a hit. Yeah. But just my one point about the movie, my theory for why they had that ending mm-hmm. is that I really feel this is a movie about women being sort of controlled in the Victorian age by right. the men and Dracula is basically allowing women to be free. And so like he turns them into vampires and then they can sexually actually be free to do whatever they want. 
Right. Whereas they have to be like prim and proper and all this sort of stuff. And it happens with his three wives and it happens with Mina, but Lucy first. Yeah. Right. And Lucy, she comes back to life. She's like gorgeous and she's like this vampire. And like the men like murder her instantly when she's (laughs) trying to seduce them. And it's just like, wait, what? Because like the interesting thing is the most violent and brutal acts in this movie are all done by the main male protagonists Mm -hmm. and Dracula barely kills anybody. He is not a violent character. He's actually freeing these women to be themselves. Right. Interesting. And and so the final thing of this movie is Mina taking control and killing him. It's almost like a mercy killing. Okay. And it gives power to the women. Yeah. It is a mercy killing because he asks her to kill him. Yeah. And she's actually willing to just stay with him for as long as it takes. Yeah. I will save him. I will fix him and I will control him. You know, I'll I'll hold him here. And it's like, it's just this female empowerment Mm -hmm. undertone. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie. That's. Which isn't in the book. I don't think. No, 100% no, yeah, I think. But yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't, because I was kind of coming to the movie with what I had read, I wasn't thinking about it in that respect. But that's very true, that it is very much a female empowerment movie. Yeah. And and, and the funny thing is, is he made this female empowerment movie with making literally like one change to the plot line. Sure. So it's basically is an identical plot line to this very masculine centric male dominated book where the women are just like basically like victims yes 100%. and and they, they totally turned that on its head which is crazy it's like oh yeah, yeah francis Ford Coppola, you're a smart guy <laughs> <laughs> nice i like that well um at the first cast meeting francis Ford Coppola actually got all of the principals to sit together and read the entire novel aloud to get a feel for the story Good it took God. two whole work days i'm sure it did <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised it didn't take more than that because it's not a short book <laughs> yeah. two weeks after to deal with the laryngitis <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, that was a great and detailed synopsis. I love it. (laughs) Shall we get into the recasting? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do you want to start with Keanu Reeves or with Winona Ryder? I'll go with uh, Keanu. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. So I had two ideas with this movie. They're both what ifs, right? But like the what if, what if it was recast at the time? Yeah. And so my recasting for it at the time, I looked for a character or sorry, an actor. Mm -hmm that would have been that age at the time. And I thought one of the major problems is he cast American for the two main parts. And it's like, Agreed. that's insane. Like, yes. especially if you want a young lead, if you want a young lead and you want them to do all this language stuff, mm-hmm. it overwhelms them to the point that they can't worry about their performance. Right? Like if you could just take putting an accent off the table sure, and then they can concentrate on their performance Agreed. And for a young actor, that's so much better. Yeah. So I thought Tim Roth would have been perfect. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And also my reason for going with Tim Roth is that I feel like this movie's all about internal desires and like, I just felt like if he was at that castle with Dracula and Dracula was kind of like seducing him the way he was, Keanu Reeves seems like he was basically oblivious to the fact that you know yes and i can just imagine tim roth being like down with it being like oh yeah baby you like my blood don't you you know like he okay. could you're like you, you could see him kind of going along with it and and his his internal sort of animal instincts kind of like him having to fight them much more than okay can you read your question whether he has those internal instincts right <laughs> sure yeah okay i like that that's interesting i wouldn't have thought of tim roth but i'd really like to see that 
For me, I also, it was really important to me to pick British actors for this. That is central to the story. Where they are is important. Where they are from is important. And if you're going to just put American actors in those two, like you didn't set it in America. It's still set in London. And so you're just, yeah. And so you're just forcing these two young kids to do this horrible performance. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Where all they're concerned about is, is my accent? Okay. (laughs) So anyway, uh, so I decided to go with Rafe Fiennes. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Who would have been around the same age as Keanu Reeves then, just a bit older. And so around that time in 1992, he was in a movie called Lawrence After Arabia. He was the star, which I think it sounds like a sequel to Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Well, probably because isn't I don't know if Lawrence of Arabia is that is that a real character? I think it was a. Oh, was was he a real person? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, something I feel like I should know, but I, feel I, like I, I kind of feel too. so. Maybe it's like just his life after. Maybe, yeah. And then he was also that same year in Weathering Heights, and he played Heathcliff. So while I don't think he was very well known in the U.S., he was certainly a working, I think, well known because he's starring in these movies, British actor. And then I also want to mention that in 1993, he was in a movie called The Baby of Macon, and that. More to come on that later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, I, when I just stood on the same thing, when I looked at Tim Roth, he was, I think, uh, Reservoir Dogs came out that same year. Oh, right. So yeah. he was kind of just getting his feet under him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he, it would have been right around that time. And did he not play American in that? Or was he British in it? No, he played American, but he's such See, a good he actor. He could do an accent. Yeah, he, he, he just wouldn't have to. But you're right. Yeah, he yeah, could yeah. have because he's an incredibly good actor. <laughs> okay, great. Well, how about for the character of Mina Murray, played by Winona Ryder, who, as I said, was a tiny baby at 21 years right. old. Well, I picked somebody who's very similar in age, okay. but I think they just would have kicked the crap out of this role <laughs> and would have gone perfect with Tim Roth. And especially in the sense that like, owning their sexuality and being like pushing that whole narrative. That's clearly the under, like the female empowerment stuff. Yeah. So I said, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh yes. <laughs> and at that point she was doing Howard's end okay. with Anthony Hopkins. So I know the scheduling would have been fine, <laughs> but it was like the cool. same year. Yeah. Okay. That's and, great. Yeah. yeah. She's so good too. Yeah. And she would have killed it. Right. Like, yeah. and, and the, the complete change that she has to go through, uh, she would have destroyed that. Yeah. She practically looks like a vampire already. Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. That's really cool. And I just thought you put those two people in this situation about sort of these lusty desires and Mm -hmm. trying to fight them and be Victorian and push it all down. Those two people would bring so much, you know, like together. Like it would be a different movie. And I think it's kind of the movie he wanted to make if you look at the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a very horny movie. My God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, totally. I really agree. And I really like Helena Bonham Carter in that role, too. I think she'd be a great pick. For me, it was really important to have somebody British again. I didn't write down her age, but I I did want somebody who was around that age, but it was okay if she was a little older. (laughs) And so I ended up going with Julia Ormond, Mm-hmm. who at that time, people will probably know her best from Legends of the Fall, which mm-hmm. was two years after this. So in 1991, she was starring in a movie called Young Catherine about mm-hmm. Catherine the Great. Is that her name? Anyway. Oh, Catherine the Great. Yeah, the, the Russian. Uh... No, then it was uh, probably one of Henry VIII's wives. Oh, Catherine of Aragorn. I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. And then also in 1992, the same year as this movie, she was starring in a movie called Stalin. Ah, I think about yeah. Joseph Stalin. She was and in then, First Night at some point around there, wasn't she? With yes. Gear? That was 1995. Okay. 
1995, she was also in Sabrina. So this would have been a little before she really became a household name. Because I feel like 94, 95, like she was having great years yeah. there. <laughs> the same with both of my picks. This would have been their break. Yeah, exactly. But it kind of was with those two actors too i guess they were yeah, they'd of. been like in bigger things like probably beetlejuice was before was it yes and point break was the year before this yeah too. so that's that's so why. they were it known. probably wouldn't have been a big as big a hit if it right? was a better movie yeah because you I put know. an art house movie with unknown stars the irony yeah <laughs> <laughs> the other thing i wanted to mention is that in 1993 julia ormond was in the baby of macon with Rafe Fiennes. Oh, so they, we can watch and see their chemistry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie, but now I want to and see if they do actually have chemistry because I, I could picture it, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, now you don't have to. You can, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have to get a hold of this weird old British movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that no exactly. one's ever heard of. Yeah. So I think either of those pairings would have been better. And it's Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder, their chemistry was fine. It wasn't that. Mm-hmm. It was just them trying to do these roles that just wasn't working. It was outside of both of like Winona Ryder's got that waif thing down, mm-hmm. but that waif character doesn't have the power that this Mina needs to have by the end of yeah. this. Yeah, and, I and agree. then and then also Keanu Reeves, he's seduced by Dracula. There's a male seduction in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very gay and it's very whatever. And he just comes off as so unbelievably straight laced mm-hmm. about the very whole stiff, thing. Very stiff, very wooden. Very stiff, yeah, and like yeah. oblivious to the fact that he's like being seduced into some sort of weird homoerotic thing with a vampire. Yeah, and it's like he's like, "Oh, did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice." Yeah. Um, so Gary Oldman plays Dracula in this, and like he's just great. Eats the scenery. I know. I loved how cheesy. Yeah. It it just leaned into it, which they needed actors that could do that. Yeah. But uh, Helena Bonham Carter could do camp. Oh my God. Yeah. Tim Roth and Helena Bonham Carter, in, in my mind, would have been like camping it up like crazy. And that would have fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would have worked better for sure. <laughs> when Gary Oldman like says to Keanu Reeves in the castle, he's like, I never drink wine. He's <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely. He's just doing such a great job. Yeah. One thing that I love, too, that I found fascinating is that he hired a singing coach to help him lower his voice by an octave Ah. to give Dracula a more sinister quality. Oh, interesting. Well, that's... uh, Gary Oldman does not need a more sinister quality. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) What do you think? He's like, he's just walking around. He's like, I'm too likable. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's not very self-aware. <laughs> and then I also did want to mention that this is the part that I, I couldn't quite capture is he's also playing somebody called Prince Vlad. And it, they made it seem like it was two different characters at a certain point. But it yeah, is the same not, character, that, that right? The exact same guy. Okay. Yeah, he just lives forever. Okay. Yeah. So um, He pretends Prince... like he's the descendant, but he's not. Oh, I see what it is. So, yeah, that's supposed to be his descendant. But, yeah, he's been alive for hundreds yeah. of years. Okay. Yeah. So Prince Vlad's scream after he drives his sword into the cross, it's not Gary Oldman screaming. Uh. It was uh, the lead singer of a punk band called The Cramps. The guy's name is Lux Interior, and he recorded the scream, and it was dubbed in. That's weird. Yeah. But I kind of love that, that it was like a punk singer who was like, okay, let's do this crazy scream. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff was so insane and over the top, though. It's just like... Francis Ford Coppola, you go. I'm sure that those two actors, he was forced into doing it 
you know, like because they were right. young and, and big. hot. Yeah. 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 They were like big names at the time. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, that's probably part of why it brought in $200 million. Oh, it, they, they made the exact right choice because if he'd made that movie that he made yeah. with people who were not known, mm-hmm. that would have been a flop. I could guarantee probably. it. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy because like, look at the people that he cast like he's not a bad at casting look at the rest of the cast i know it's like unbelievable yeah 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 anthony hopkins anthony hopkins carrie elwin carrie ells uh elwis however you say he's princess bride guy he was perfect (laughs) for that role he was richard e grant has got to be one of my favorites of all time and he's just there with this cast of crazy people and billy campbell who's like underrated he played the rocketeer Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And he's kind of actually had a second life in television recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was in Cardinal. He was the star of that. Okay. The Canadian detective show. Okay. And this one, I can't, maybe it's called Helix, but there was this really good, like, uh, horror, science horror show on sci fi that he was the star of, too. Anyways. Uh, Yeah, no, it's. Oh, and Tom Waits. And Tom Waits. Tom Waits is so great in this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love when Tom Waits acts. He's, yeah. he's so good. He was great. Yeah. He did a British accent just fine. Exactly. And it's yeah. Tom Waits. He didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> the last thing that I did want to mention, because to be honest, like I kind of looked up facts about this movie and there wasn't loads. But Francis Ford Coppola said that during the shaving scene, when Dracula is shaving yeah. Jonathan, yeah, yeah. the walls of the set were gradually moved inward to create a subliminal growing sense of claustrophobia. Uh, well, it, yeah. And it all worked. Like, it does. It's like it you is. can tell what, what's happening. And then you've got Keanu Reeves in the middle of this, like, perfectly staged, artistic kind of uh, German expressionist kind of crazy movie. Yeah. Just ruining it, being, like, literally, like, Ted Theodore Logan. Like, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to say, like, just watching. And it's kind of a long movie, too. Two hours and like eight minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when I was watching it, I, I was a bit like, bored feels too harsh, but he's just kind of like, yeah, ruining every scene he's in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would be like, it's like when Gary Oldman is on the screen, you're like, oh, okay, let's get back to this movie. Yep. And Winona Ryder doesn't ruin it, but she doesn't really help it. And then Keanu Reeves walks in and he literally wrecks it. And yeah, everything like stops dead, basically. Yeah. <laughs> So we're kind of complaining about the movie. The ratings on IMDb, it has a 57% from 17 critics. So, Mm. I mean, it feels like critics were kind of on our side, too. It's very middling. Yeah. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 78% from 67 reviewers, which is pretty high. Yeah. Well, because, like, there is something there. There is. You watch it and you're like, this is the cheesiest, weirdest kind of Christian or not even Christian, like Catholic goth, you know, weirdo amazingness going on here. Mm -hmm. Like just out there. Yeah. And it's enthralling and the campiness and the cheese. Mm -hmm. and, And then the performances are the opposite of all the things I just said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like you said, I mean, this is a perfect movie for recasting because without those two, the movie would be so elevated. It's not the writing. It's not the set. It's not anything. It's not the supporting cast. It's those two lead performances. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just as like one final thing, my other idea, and I'll just throw this, I know we're 
probably short for time. No, 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 no. My other idea was like, well, what if they remade this movie and tried ah, to get it right? Okay. And so I thought people today. Yeah. So I thought Ben Barnes. I don't know if you know who I this guy is. I don't know who that is. He's an actor. He played in The Punisher, actually, that new okay. I haven't adaptation. Seen it. And he's uh, a young yeah. British up and coming guy. Nice. And he gets all these really interesting roles. Cool. And he's always like a little bit good, a little bit evil. You don't, Ooh. you don't know. Okay. And I think, you know, that'd be great. That would work. Yeah. And I thought, uh, Carrie Mulligan for the lead because I like Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Yeah. And like that whole thing that she had with promising young woman yeah. would be perfect for the whole female Ooh, empowerment yes. subplot that they wanted to like push through this. Yeah. Totally. That would be great. Yeah. So casting directors listening <laughs> for the next Dracula movie, which I'm sure there'll be one soon. Yeah. It's like clockwork. <laughs> yeah. Ben Barnes and Carrie Mulligan. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. So how about we move on to the final segment? Okay. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. Dan, this was a tough one. <laughs> Unbelievably hard. <laughs> Because you can't collect cast him in the leads. And who wants to scratch any one of that amazing supporting cast? Yeah, that's a problem. And then also, I mean, we've been complaining this entire episode about their British accents. And right. I don't know that I want to hear Tony Danza attempt a British accent. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, where did you decide to cast him? <laughs> okay, well... I mean, there's sort of like catnip there of like, well, there isn't one American role. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, but I just think he'd screw it up real bad. <laughs> like, he couldn't be a cowboy. Like, Tony Danza is a cowboy. Well, that's a tough one, too. I know. It's just like, yeah. uh, this is Italian-American, New Yorker type guy. Yeah, not really a Texan. Doing <laughs> so I played with that a lot. I was like, oh, could I, could I, can I, can I? And then I finally was like, Lucy's Butler. We're going to make him Lucy's Butler. <laughs> he'll just be there. He'll he'll guide people into oh the scene. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I struggled with this so much. And I was like, you know, I'm not removing Carrie Elvis. I'm not removing Richard E. Grant. Like, I just was really struggling. And so I went for the low-hanging fruit and made him a Texan. <laughs> you got to. That's, there isn't much, like... Yeah, there are very few options. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, I do like Billy Campbell, but... He's not in the same class as, as the people he was with. So yeah, he is so cuttable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just had to go for the easy route because, uh, yeah, it was just too hard otherwise. I even thought of Renfield too, but Tom Waits is you, so good. You can't take Tom Waits out. No, I don't And this performance is great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I probably should have just picked a non-speaking role at the end of the day. Right? <laughs> I love Tony Danza. I love him, love him, love him. But, yeah, I don't want to see him try a British accent. <laughs> no, Tony Danza in a period piece feels oh, hard. Yeah, it's really tough. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, that about does it for us for this month. Next month, tune in. We will have returning guest Marita. And we'll be recasting the 2004 Jimmy Fallon movie, Taxi. So, Dan, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. I loved it. This is so much fun. Thank you. Great. Bye.